Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. Good morning, good morning. I see there were a lot of people who strolled in a little late today. I have to confess, I woke up about an hour late this morning. <laughs> I was not ready for the clock change, even though I saw that Facebook emoticon with uh, Yoda, which talked about the clocks. I just wasn't ready. So I had, when I woke up, I had to, I had to uh, take a power shower. You ever take a power shower? You know the ones where you have to count? Like, did anyone do that? Like, I count to 60. So I'm like... Because otherwise, I'll start thinking. And then when I start thinking, I start daydreaming. And then it's like a half hour later and seaweed is coming out from the, <laughs> from the shower head. And when, you know, you wake up at a, later, you know, you get a power shower. So I, I, I feel your pain for sure. And uh, definitely first service people were, were waking up. So hopefully you're awake. And um, mm, so glad you're with us. We're going to dive into God's Word, and I believe He has a powerful Word for us today. So let me me pray for us. Lord, I thank You for the way You've already been speaking. God, I thank You that You're always speaking. God, I pray that today we might hear, maybe even hear in a way we've never heard before. God, that we as a community would listen for what You are saying to us and how You're leading us. God, I pray that you would make us courageous, that you would strengthen us, God, to step out in faith and follow in the way that you're leading. God, I pray for anyone here who's hurting. God, I pray for anyone here who's discouraged. God, I pray for anyone here who has never heard your voice or encountered you. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself through your word, God, through this message. God, I thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. There he goes. (laughs) We love you, Pastor Mike. (laughs) So we have been working through this series called Supernatural, and it's been an exciting series, and believe it or not, this is the last one in the series, last message. It's a short series. And tonight is your last opportunity to go to one of our uh, Sunday evening workshops. Raise your hand if you've been to one of our Sunday evening workshops so far. We've had, we've had two so far, and the first one was, uh, well, actually both of them were awesome. They were really great. So I want to encourage you that if, uh, if you need prayer for healing, if you need God to, to do a miracle in your life, if you need prayer for faith even, that you'd come tonight and uh, come in expectation that God is going to do the miraculous. And we're really believing that God's going to heal many tonight. And uh, just the other week when I was in Pembroke, uh, I was blessed with the opportunity uh, to pray for two different people, and God healed them. And I've never had that happen before, <laughs> like never. And I've been a Christian for a while now, and in ministry for a while, and I've always asked God, I want, you know, I would love to have you heal somebody, and I believe, you know, and, uh, and I had, uh, I prayed over somebody's foot, and their bone popped back in the place as I, was, as I was praying. And I prayed for someone with a separated shoulder, and their shoulder went back into place. So um, crazy, right? Crazy. I've 
never had that happen before. So we're believing tonight that it's going to be that times, you know, many. So come. It's at four o'clock. We're going to have worship. It's going to be awesome. So let's, let's dive into God's word. Last week, we talked about how God has assembled this community of believers in a way that we can live out this mission, this mission of being witnesses of Jesus to a world that desperately needs to hear him, to see him, to experience who he is. And he has brought each one of you here and how he has given each one of you uh, spiritual gifts. We learn of this mission that God has set us on in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1. Verse 7 says, and this is Jesus speaking, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus has called us to represent him. Not only in Laconia, but the whole world. And that is a massive undertaking. That is an undertaking that's way beyond our ability. But thankfully, God said he has given us power. And we said that this word in the Greek is dunamis. It's actually the word where we have, uh, there's a machine, a dynamo, or the word dynamite, that God has given us extraordinary power to exalt Christ in this world, to make him known, way beyond our physical ability, way beyond our talent. This is God power, and it's great power. And he has instilled it. He has placed it in each one of us. We started to work through spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and gives them the purpose and a partial list of spiritual gifts that God has given to us to build up the body. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, this word spiritual, as we said last week, is the word pneumatikos, which really means supernatural. That's where we get the name of this series from. When I say supernatural, you probably have a whole host of things that go in your mind. Maybe, you know, stuff from movies or, but, uh, or TV shows that are ridiculous. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. But when God says supernatural, pneumaticas, he's talking about Holy Spirit empowerment. Amen. This is real stuff that God is doing us to bring about spiritual change in the universe through believers. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, meaning that these gifts are for the family of God. They create unity. They knit us together. I do not want you to be uninformed that you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is the Lord except in the Spirit. 
the precursor to these gifts is a, is a life submitted to the Lordship of Christ. That if you want to function, and if we want to function in these gifts, we need to be surrendered to Jesus. That we need to be committed to serving him and following him and glorifying him. So in operating these gifts, we're never stealing his glory. We're pointing to him and saying, this is who God is. This is the God I serve. Verse 4 says, now there are a variety of gifts. This word here is different than the first. It's charisma. We use that in English all the time. Someone here who has charisma. The word charisma is actually grace enablement. Charis is grace. Meaning that these gifts are God's grace through us. When we talk about grace, we often think about favor with God, unmerited favor, but grace goes beyond that. Not only has he accepted us as his family, as his children, he's also empowering us so that we can live out the mission of the family of God, to grow the family of God. So they're grace enablements. And then he goes through and he starts listing the gifts. In the first week of this series, we talked about words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and, um, oh boy, prophecy. There you go. I'm still waking up still. <laughs> so words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy. And then last week, I, I preached on the, uh, the spiritual gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. If you take all these gifts and lump them together, what are they about? They're about Jesus speaking through us. That Jesus speaks through believers to the body to build up the body for the mission. You following me? Yep. Now we're going to move into another area, another grouping of gifts. This grouping of gifts is not about Jesus speaking through us. It's about Jesus working through us. That Jesus wants to do the miraculous, that he wants to heal, that he wants to even impart faith into non-believers through believers, that he wants to work through us. And before Jesus went to the cross, he told his believers that they well, would do greater works than he did. Than he did. In Matthew 24, no, nope. John 14, haha, <laughs> John 14, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, I am going to, because I am going to the Father. When Jesus walked on earth, when Jesus was in Israel, what was he doing? What works was he doing? The Bible says that if, if, if you listed all the miracles that he did, you wouldn't even be able to put them in all the books of the world. Jesus was going about displaying the greatness of God, the glory of God, the, the ability of God to make things right Amen. in the world. And Paul talks about at least two, and I would even say three, because they're tied together, three different spiritual gifts 
which are manifestations of the works of Jesus. He says that there's the gift of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. And I want to start out by just giving you a couple definitions of these, and then we'll talk about why we need these. And then I have a word of prophecy for us, which is going to take us on a little bit of a sidebar, but back around hopefully. Um, Gift of healing, if you're taking notes. This gifts of healing is supernatural curing of injuries, handicaps, and diseases as a manifestation of God's glory and his kingdom. Supernatural curing of injuries, handicaps, and diseases as a manifestation of God's glory and his kingdom. Because when we get to heaven, there's going to be no more sickness and disease. Right? Yeah. So when God reveals his kingdom, or when God does a healing, it's revealing how things should be and will be. Working of miracles, when God manifests his power, strength, and ability to overcome insurmountable obstacles. And gift of faith, believing that God is able even before seeing what God will accomplish. When believing that God is able before seeing what God will accomplish. Why do we need these? Why do we need healing? Why do we need miracles? Why do we need the gift of faith? So reality is we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world, a fallen world. And God has called us to go out and tell the world about a kingdom that is both now, but is not fully yet. And the brokenness of this world can lead people to believe that God doesn't even exist. Because they think that the way things are now are the way they should be. Because everything came from nothing and everything's disorganized to begin with. But that's not the truth. And God wants to reveal the truth of who he is. And he reveals the truth of who he is through believers. You see... The kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, things are the way they should be. In our world right now, things are actually unnatural. Scientists call the outside nature, but actually, it's not natural, it's unnatural. Think about this. See, the way that God created things to be, there was no sickness and disease, and things worked in harmony together. Then there was the fall. And now there's dysfunction. Now there's suffering and pain. And things, the systems in this world are malfunctional. So it's actually unnatural. And it takes the supernatural to bring things from being unnatural back to natural. So that when God operates and performs miracles through believers, when God performs healings through believers, when God instills the faith that God is able in believers, he is revealing what he is doing in the kingdom realm. He is showing us that he is taking the unnatural and making natural again. He's showing us that things the way they are now are not the way they should be or will be. That he's restoring all things unto himself. You see, we here, this community, believe this is part of our mission that God has called us to minister to this region so that 
there's restoration, that God wants to work restoration through us. But the reality is there's obstacles. There's challenges. There are things that get in the way of us being able, at least in our perception, of being able to go forward in the mission that God has called us to. Things that would crush us. Things that drowned us. Disease. Broken relationships. Divorce. Abuse. Sexual sins. A whole host of things that cause us to become stalled. That are obstacles for us to go forward on the mission. Now, God gave me a a prophetic word for this morning that I want to share. And it relates to an obstacle that that we're facing as a church. So we're going to have a family meeting about it. And uh, I'm so excited because I really believe God wants to do a miracle through our community. If you've been tracking with us for a while, um, you realize that we've been talking about moving. And we've been looking and talking about moving for about a year now. And our building situation is such that um, our landlord has now raised our rent again, and our rent is around $9,000 to stay here. And we're not looking to buy this building because this building has major structural problems. And we've been looking for a place to move to, but none of these are ideal. And most of the ones we're looking at, or at least some of them, will require additional finances to move in that direction. So we've had a small team of individuals that have been visiting buildings and, and looking at, at different spots. And, um, and as we've been looking and as we've been talking, I've noticed that our expectation of what we'd move into has gone down and down and down. And... God gave me a word. And I believe that God has given me, instilled in me this faith. That God wants to do a miracle through our body. That we have this challenge before us. That it seems insurmountable. It seems like it's beyond what are the resources we have. But I believe that God wants to blow our mind, that God wants to move us forward from this place in his timing into a facility that is way beyond our expectation. And I believe he's going to do it. And here's the word that he gave me for this. In Joshua 3, there's a situation where the Israelites have been delivered from slavery to the Egyptians. God called them out of Egypt. Moses led them into the wilderness. And then God 
called them to go into this land called the promised land. And the first time that God called them into the promised land, they looked at the opposition before them and they grumbled and they ended up wandering for 40 years in the desert. And I don't think that's the word for us. I think this is the word for us. This is after the 40 years. This is when they're in a season of new leadership. This is when they're a season of of just readiness to move forward into the mission that God has, us, has for us. And I believe God has this great mission for us as well, and that we're in this season of growth here, that we're in this season of excitement where God wants to work through us to reach this region. And so you have the Israelites, they're here, they're encamped at the Jordan River. And God, through Joshua, calls them now to go into the promised land. Our promised land, I believe, is this area that God's calling us to go in and take the land for Jesus. Okay? But there's an obstacle. Now, for the Israelites, the obstacle is the Jordan River. Now, every time I've read this story, I've thought, in my mind, you know how you picture things almost like when you read, it's almost like a movie, and you see things? And whenever I read this, when I think Jordan River, I think, oh, it's kind of like the river over there. Okay? That's not the case at all, what happened here. Let me walk you through the situation that was before the Israelites. The Jordan River is 65 miles long. And it goes from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. There are some twists and turns along the way. There are 27 sizable rapids on this river. And there's multiple other smaller sized rapids. It drops 600 feet as it progresses from the north to south. The time that God called the Israelites and the location that he called them to cross at was the worst case scenario. He asked them to cross at the base of the river where the river empties into the Dead Sea, where you have the plain of Jericho. When it's not flood season, the width of the river is 180 feet, and God's calling... Joshua to lead slightly less than 2 million people across a river that is 180 feet. But this, right now, in this story, is flood season. It's early April, late March, kind of about the time we're in right now. It's flood season, and during flood season, the river doubles in width at least twice. So, it's, it's at least uh, 360 feet wide. Okay. Now here's the even more impossible part. The flow rate of the river during flood season at that point, at that place, is 10 miles an hour. The water's moving at 10 miles an hour. Now that doesn't, when I read that, I'm like, huh, what's that like? So I Googled that and I went on the weatherchannel.com <laughs> and they said, Water flowing at seven miles per hour 
7 miles per hour, we're talking 10, has the equivalent force per unit area of air blowing at EF5 tornado wind speeds. An EF5 tornado, in an EF5 tornado, there's a total destruction of buildings. Strong-framed, well-built houses are leveled off their foundations and swept away. Steel-reinforced concrete structures are critically damaged. Tall buildings collapse or have severe structural deformities. Cars and trucks and train, train cars can be thrown one mile. So God called the Israelites to cross this river, not with a bridge, not with a boat, to cross through this river at the worst possible point in time. And they asked them, God asked them to step out in faith. So we have this passage where it says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed. This is where we are at. We are here. We are lodging. This is our spot for right now. We're going to go back to the landlord and see if he can bring down the rent. We've already asked once, but he said no. But now that Genesis has backed out of buying this, hopefully at least for a season he might do that. But I believe that this isn't where God has placed us. We're just camped here, okay? This story parallels our situation greatly. It's phenomenal. So we're camped here. And then he said, at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Before we go anywhere from here, we need to make sure that we're following God, following the Lord's presence, that we need to first figure out where he is leading us. So as a congregation, we need to pray and fast together, not just our little leadership team, all of us. We need to pray and fast and and ask, God, where are you leading us? His presence has to go before us. If his presence doesn't go before us, we're not going. So we're camped here until the presence leads us from here. And he will. Okay, so we need to be patient until he leads us where he's leading us. As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from that your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. That's half a mile. What is that saying? We don't want to run out in front of God. We want to make sure that we're following him. So even if we're lagging a little bit behind him and it seems like we're stalling, then that's okay because we're making sure we're not running out in front of the Lord. Why? Because we have a river in front of us that would devastate us if we went out on our own, right? Okay. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. This is key. I believe that God wants to do something 
so great and so different than we're expecting that, we're, that not only we, but this community will say, wow, look what God did through Grace Capital Church. That it's going to be miraculous. That it's going to display God's greatness. That it's going to be something different than we're even thinking right now. Because he is able to. Because he is God. And in God's strength, the impossible is possible. In God's strength, obstacles are opportunities to show his greatness. Now here's the next part, which I think is essential. Then he says, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. This word consecrate is key. We as a community need to set ourselves apart, meaning that we need to devote ourselves to what God is doing here. We have to be all in on this. We have to first be all in. We have to believe that God is able. We have to believe that God has called us. We have to believe that the mission he has placed us on is, is worthy of all of us. I mean, all of us. To go all in. To say, God, what I have is yours. I'm just a steward. So if he calls us to build a building, I'm not saying he will, but he, what if he did? Then we need to be all hands on deck and build that thing. Right? All in. Because your talent, your skills, your mind, your, your financial resource, everything is a gift from him. Everything we have is his. So, and it's hard, I know. It's hard. There's something inside of us that holds back of giving it all. But you know what? We have to put it all in. And we have to say it's yours. And you ha we have to decide that for ourselves before we move forward on it. So he says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders, miracles, among you. And then Joshua I'll paraphrase from here on. He says to the priest, he says, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick up the ark and you're going to carry the presence of the Lord and you're going to carry the presence of the Lord to the river and you're going to step in it. And then it's after you step in it that you will see the miracle. And I think this is so important for us. Who are those who carry the presence of God? That's us. The Bible says we're a kingdom of priests. That each one of us who is a believer of Jesus has the Holy Spirit, has God's presence. We are the ones that carry the presence of God. So we go before and we step out in faith. <coughs> and even in doing so, we incur risk. Why? so that those who do not carry the presence of God yet can come forth into the promised land. When the people who carry the presence of God, carrying the ark, when the soles of their feet became wet by the waters of the Jordan River, the water piled up. So much so that the ground became dry. 
And as long as they were standing in that riverbed, two million people over the course of three days were able to pass through. That's a miracle. We're able to enter into the promised land. We need, those who carry the faith need to exercise our faith for those who don't have it yet. Because I believe that God is calling us to put a stake in the ground in this region to set up a staging ground for reaching this area for Christ. And it's going to be multi-generational. Our grandkids are going to be ministering to people for Jesus through this facility that God is going to establish. It's, there's going to be an inheritance there. And it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be miraculous. But we have to be consecrated. But we need to be willing to carry the presence, step out in faith, and step in the waters. And when we do that, we will see God do the miraculous. That's what I believe God is calling us to. So what am I asking? What am I saying? We need to solve this problem together. We need to, as a community, of, as a family, need to offer all of ourselves to each other and to God to see what God will do with it. This might be um, brainstorming ideas for buildings. This might mean reaching out to uh, people that you know that have resources, that, that have uh, connections. That This might be if God puts a building in your heart, go to the building and walk around it and pray. And see if the walls fall down. <laughs> this might mean and should mean all of us need to contribute financially to this and see God multiply it. This might mean fasting for a period. At the very least, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to meet with your spouse and I want you to talk and pray. And seek the Lord together and see what God shows you and speaks to you. See if he gives you any ideas. See if he puts, if he puts it on your heart to give financially to this project. Um, I, if you're a tradesman and we decide we, if we need that with either fit up or we need it for building, whatever it is, to be willing to devote your talents to this task. It has to be all in. We have to consecrate ourselves. And when we do this, and we do this, we're going to see God do a miracle. And he is going to stop that river. And we're going to pass through. And it might be a year from now when all this finally works out. Then we'll be praising and saying, oh, how great is our God. And the neat thing is that it doesn't have to come out the way that I'm thinking about it right now. As long as it comes out God's way, it's going to be much better. That's key in this. So I want to bring it back in. Because I know that some of you are facing a, a river in your life. Some of you are facing a situation where you feel like you're being swept away by a life circumstance and that you need prayer. That you need God to put a deposit of faith in your heart to trust him in the midst of this situation. That you need the community of God to come around you, to encourage you, to pray for you, 
you need God to perform a miracle in your life. You need God to heal you. You need God to meet some needs. So I want to have the last few minutes uh, as an opportunity for us as a community to pray for each other. So I'm going to have the worship team come up, and then I'm going to have anyone here who needs God to move in their life in a significant way to come up, and then anyone who wants to pray for them, completely open, come up and we'll come around them and we'll pray. Such, I want to have like pockets of prayer, the whole area, uh, to come around each other and to, to see God begin to stop the river. So we need to step out in faith even right now. We need to make ourselves vulnerable right now. We need to exercise faith, believing that God is able right now in the lives of each other. And this bigger thing, let's keep talking about this. If you have ideas, if you have, God puts uh, things on your heart, uh, if you want to give financially, uh, Rachel, what should they put if they write a check? Thrive? Okay, thrive. So if you want to give to this, and you already know now what you want to give, then you can put it in the offering box over there. If you want to pray about it, that's great too. But listen, let's put a stake stake in the ground. Let's let's do this. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 